0: Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. I've
1: got the power! Who's got the power? Well, it could be Malaysia. I'm Rachel Kelly, and this is Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. Malaysia is aiming to position itself as a regional powerhouse. The country recently launched its National Energy Transition Roadmap. The plan has a strong focus on transforming the economy and creating potential business opportunities in the energy sector. For example, according to Baker McKenzie, part 1 of the roadmap sets the direction of the Malaysian government in developing future capabilities and shaping demand in the green energy market by providing 10 flagship catalyst projects based on six energy transition levers. Baker McKenzie highlights energy efficiency, renewable energy, hydrogen, bioenergy, green mobility, carbon capture, utilization and storage. Part 2 is coming, and like all sequels, it's coming soon. It's expected to be published later in the year and will address the low-carbon pathway, national energy mix and emissions reduction targets as well as enable needed for energy transition. But what does all this mean for neighboring countries such as Singapore? Well, earlier it was announced that Malaysia will lift a ban on exports of renewable energy. Exports had been banned in late 2021. I spoke with JY Chu, head of Asia Renewable and Power Research at Race and Energy, shortly after the announcement of the ban lift was made to find out about the opportunities for Singapore. But I started off by asking JY about the renewable energy landscape here in Singapore. So,
0: JY, it's a big year for climate conversations. We've got COP28 coming up at the end of the year. Singapore, of course, has numerous goals when it comes to net zero and introducing renewable energy into the mix. To get us started, perhaps you can give me a better understanding of the renewable energy mix in Singapore at the moment. Where are we?
2: Singapore derives 95% of its uh, electricity from burning gas. The pandemic, the Ukraine war and climate change has caused massive fluctuations in gas prices. And uh, so clearly, this is not sustainable, sustainable economically and environmentally. So there is there's a need to move away to reduce this dependency from burning gas, so that you know this reduce the energy supply risk
0: that said though, Singapore has been looking to introduce alternative energies, solar, hydro. How feasible are these for the city-state, given Singapore is a sunny island, right? But we also have a lot of cloud cover. So often when we think about renewables, solar would be a natural solution, but that may not necessarily be the case. We also had a project importing solar from Australia. That didn't quite go as planned. So what's the potential when it comes to renewables for Singapore?
2: Yeah, so So unfortunately, in in the age of fossil fuel and also in the age of renewables, Singapore has to import energy regardless. So just purely the lack of land, lack of resource, uh, in this case, the solar and wind resource and and hydro resource, and perhaps also geothermal resource, we would not have enough to supply the demand that we have here in Singapore. in, in, in this matter, um, moving forward simple to have to import from you know, neighboring countries, which is the, the most logical uh, place to look for. Uh, you know, Malaysia is definitely definitely one now that they have lifted the, the ban of exporting renewables. Uh, but already Singapore you know, started the, the import of 100 megawatt of hydro from Laos, uh, Laos Republic, through the Lao, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore uh, pro- integration, and um, and and in the future, you know, there will be imported solar from Indonesia, nearby new new nearby islands, and uh, there's already a talk to with the Vietnam to import the offshore wind uh, from the southern part of Vietnam to here, and there might be more such kind of uh, interregional grid uh, just to import all these. Um, uh, extra renewable energy that you know these countries uh, that will have extra surplus.
0: You mentioned Malaysia there, and, and that Malaysia has lifted the ban. What does this mean for Singapore?
2: There, there are many things that Singapore can can do, you know, especially just to, to take advantage of being the financial hub of the of the, of the world, and of course the the death in this region provide okay. financing in, in form of you know direct investment, green bonds, uh, etc. So. Like in in Malaysia, you know, currently the largest solar farms are just 100 megawatts uh, in capacity size. Uh, But if you compare it with the rest of Southeast Asia, you know, we are talking about 1000 megawatts and and above some some, some of the larger ones in in Southeast Asia. And then this this is just for solar alone. Uh, So so clearly there's, uh, you know, Malaysia needs that kind of uh, the jump to scale up. Significantly, to to you know, to um, to support Malaysia's own net zero target, and also you know, uh, and and also gain extra uh, income when they export to countries like Singapore. But you know, to scale up to such you know, many times what they have currently requires a lot of investment, and this is where you know Singapore uh, financial system with with the developers renewable developers base here can actually help. So one way is to provide that kind of long-term uh, you know, long-term demand, a stable pricing through the power power purchase agreement, you know, just to guarantee that these projects, whoever invests in Malaysia, were able to, you know, there's the market for it. So these projects become what we term as bankable. And the bankability is very important to, to in order for these projects to uh, become uh, to be realized in, in you know. So uh, yeah, so I think I think that's the that's the the key uh, part where you know you know Singapore has uh, the the most strength and the way the best way to help uh, in for Malaysian renewables.
0: Why can't we generate our own solar facilities? There have been a number of uh, solar plants developed in Singapore.
2: Yeah, it's just purely energy intensity from from solar in. You know, based on this small uh, area size that we have is definitely not enough. If you cover the entire Singapore with solar, I, I don't think you can even provide even 10% of uh, Singapore's demand. And uh, not to mention that solar is intermittent. So clearly there are no solar power at night time. So you need to install batteries to, to store this energy. And, and uh, this requires you know space as well and, and further investment. So there's a lot of... Um, It's a challenge for Singapore. It's a physical challenge, physical constraint based on Singapore's size and the resource itself.
0: So let's rewind and go back to Malaysia now. Um, And you spoke about the opportunity for Singapore to invest to help to develop the infrastructure there. What are some of the challenges, though, that we need to be mindful of, both from an economic and perhaps an environmental perspective, if we are looking at developing and becoming a significant buyer of Malaysian renewable energy?
2: There are a lot of upsides here. Uh, uh, There's a lot of positive economic implications Mm -hmm. for Singapore. There's really a pent-up demand for renewable energy here because uh, a lot of companies begin to decarbonize their energy source and the demand for renewable energy, uh, so there's a there's a group of companies under the RE100 initiative. So what what do this com- uh, group of global companies do? Is they 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 want to s- replace their current energy source with renewable by a certain year. Uh, most of them are by 2050. So they 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 are creating a demand. Uh, to local power generation. They say, I want more green energy. Uh, We can can provide that kind of uh, uh, demand for it, and long-term demand. So there's a lot of these opportunities for Singapore-based renewables to to, to build these uh, renewables, um, uh, especially solar farms in Malaysia, and then bring it to Singapore and they can sell it to these companies where where the big demands are. Um, so, you know, the, the, also another upside I can think of is definitely, you know, Singapore will be burning less fossil fuel, you know, the, to reduce from 95% to somewhere much lower. And this will actually help to contribute to the, uh, the Singapore's net zero target. However, there are also, of course, like, risks of being, uh, you know, uh, dependent on one energy source type. So in case of Malaysia, that's mostly uh, currently, there's hydro, but I don't think that's enough for for ex- export at this point. So there'll be uh, solar. So, and if you're dependent on purely on solar, intimacy is uh, a a challenge. But it can be solved by you know investing in energy storage, such as batteries.
0: How do you see? Um, ASEAN working together to solve this alternative energy issue at the moment, because Singapore is not the only country that's um, put together net zero targets, so renewable energy goals. How is the region coming together as a whole to boosting and investing in alternative energies and renewable sources?
2: So, South Asia wise, yeah, oh, there are a few countries that are forefront in this. You know, Vietnam, uh, with its success in the previous uh, power development plan. They successfully installed um you know, 16.5 gigawatts of solar uh energy and uh, four four gigawatts of you know wind energy. Uh, Philippines is another one that is coming up with you know more more auctions and encouraging more uh development in the in the solar and onshore wind. Uh then Thailand as well, the previous uh previous champion of renewable in, in, in South Asia. Now they are also like Picking up their game after seeing the success of Vietnam and Philippines, Indonesia is another one, uh, but they are more focused on geothermal than uh, than solar PV, and uh, and Laos for example mostly hydro and uh, uh, more and some of the solar and wind uh, resource. So together, you know, uh, ASEAN as uh, you know improve and add on a lot of new renewable capacity and we'll be adding more
1: that was jy chu head of asia renewables and power research at raysted energy i'm rachel kelly and you've been listening to eco money on money fm 89.3